0: Today's program is brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com.
1: I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Good evening and welcome to Men About, About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
0: I'm Mary Isette,
1: And I'm Chris Kuzmi
0: And we're your co-hosts through this weekly journey of all things fermented.
1: Archived on Stitcher, iTunes, and right here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
0: All right. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2015. Happy
1: New Year. Indeed. (laughs) What's happening in 2015? Oh, man.
0: There's a lot going on. First of all, I will say that uh, Chris and I went our separate ways for the holidays. Chris has been in Hong Kong for two weeks.
1: It was sad. I was not myself.
0: (laughs) He's a little jet lagged right now, about 13 (laughs) hours. And uh, I I hit hit Atlanta for five days, which was awesome and exciting. We're going to have to save that for... A future show, but I did hit six breweries and brew pubs in Atlanta, and it was super exciting. I had some absolutely delicious beer and good times with my family. And uh, and I, anyway, we'll have some more. We're going to have some Atlanta brewing shows because they're doing some really exciting stuff down there. There's some very restrictive laws that I personally feel, and a lot of Georgia craft brewers feel, need to be changed. So we're going to talk about that with one of the owners of uh, a uh, Atlanta brewery.
1: I also did a lot of pub crawling in Hong Kong. And uh, as you know, last year we interviewed Rohit from, uh, uh, Happy Young Master Young Ales. Master Ales. So I keep wanting to call him Happy Feet because he's the,
2: because yeah. his logo, the logo is. Anyway,
1: yeah, from Young Master Ales. Uh, he's doing really well. The, the beers are amazing. Um, and the Hong Kong craft brewing scene is really popping off. But I will say this that not everybody's cleaning their lines and it's really unfortunate that, you know, it's not keeping the integrity of the brewers, the brewers' art, and that part of the education in Hong Kong is slacking. Except if you go to the Globe, when we finally hit the Globe, which is run by Patrick Gatherer and and Toby Cooper, it was like an oasis in the desert. The beer was clean, fresh, and exactly as the brewers intended. They I talked to them, and they clean their lines every week. It's awesome to taste it fresh. Don't I mean? It's it was amazing. <laughs> It makes me really sad to uh, to drink good beer out of Dirty Lines, is what I'm saying. And it does uh, injustice to the whole craft beer community on, on the whole. So clean your lines.
0: Absolutely. All right. So a couple of local events that are really cool and um, important that are coming up. So the first is Brew for Autism, which is put in by two clubs, Poor Standards and Richmond County Beer Club, our Staten Island homebrewing brothers and sisters. So they are having an event on January 24th at Snug Harbor's Great Hall in Staten Island from noon to 4. All proceeds will be going to Autism Speak. There will be a selection of home and craft beer, and uh, you can purchase tickets at brewforautism.com. I believe that Kuzmi and I will have at least one beverage there.
1: That's right. And speaking of homebrew, Homebrew Alley 9 is coming up in early February. Our registration is up if you would like to uh, enter any homebrew and get great feedback. It's one of the largest homebrew competitions on the East Coast, Uh, and uh, you can go to homebrewalley.com. You can register up until January 22nd. You can register your entries and, and deliver them, but we also, if you don't Uh, have beer to submit, we need help with judging and stewarding competition. You can sign up at the same website, homebrewally.com. And after that, on February 22nd, we are having Brunity, uh, Brunity event at the Bell House. Brunity is basically kind of like a big collective of the local homebrew clubs and stores and anybody in the New York City region. And we are gathering under one roof to benefit a local charity, in this case, City Harvest. And we'll have a small little, uh, uh, showcase of of the homebrew community from 1 to 5 p.m on february 22nd you can go to com to find out more information but i just looked and actually the link to buy tickets is not up on that i will fix that tonight i promise
0: or early tomorrow morning <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> it is early tomorrow morning for me
0: It's true all right so back to the regularly scheduled programming so um i we mentioned at the end of last year that that I'm a little bit excited about shrubs. So I made a shrub to go with our Thanksgiving dinner, um, an apple kind of shrub. A shrub is a a drinking vinegar beverage. And then I also made it when I went home to visit my parents over the uh, December holidays. And I'm very excited about shrubs. So I was super excited to see that last fall, a new book called Shrubs, an old-fashioned drink for modern times, was written by Michael Dietsch. And we are very lucky to have him on the line. Michael, are you there?
3: I am here. Hello, Michael. Welcome to Fumetabat. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your background and what turned you on to Shrubs?
3: I am a writer and a stay-at-home dad. Uh, I have been a uh, cocktail geek for probably close to 10 years now, and uh, I've fell into writing about it um first you know in an amateur way on my blog a dash uh, of bitters dot com if you don't mind the plug
0: no absolutely <laughs> uh, not we welcome them. it's a good resource
3: um and um i uh I, I wrote about it there for a while uh gradually started taking on some uh paid writing work uh, that became regular paid writing work and uh uh almost 2 years ago now I got approached to write a book on shrubs um I I I I met shrubs as a concept as a drinking thing in um uh New Orleans at Tales of the Cocktail uh about 5 more than that 7 years ago um I uh, I had heard of them um I uh, I I was aware that shrubs were out there that they were a drinking vinegar that you could have on their own or um, <clears throat> or mixed into a cocktail, but I had never actually tasted one. And I was out with some friends uh, walking around the city, uh, and um, it was July in New Orleans, so of course it was very hot and very humid. And um, I was going to a reception at the uh, hotel, uh, that hosted tales. And, um, so I, I left the city streets feeling sticky and gross and, and <laughs> disgusting. And I didn't quite have enough time to get back to my room to, to freshen up. So I went straight into this reception. And the first thing I was handed was a uh, cocktail made with shrubs. Uh, it was a, um, Uh, I believe a raspberry shrub with uh, cachaca and lime juice and uh, I forget what else was in it. Um, But it was, hands down, one of the most delicious things I drank at Tales of the Cocktail that year. Um, And it was one of the first things I drank. And I thought that it was delicious. And uh, my wife was home. Uh, in Brook, uh, well, we were in Providence, Rhode Island at the time. She was, she was back in Rhode Island, and when I got back to Rhode Island, I made certain that I made her a shrub and and tried to recreate the recipe. Um, and so, uh, raspberries were no longer at the farmer's market, but I was able to get, you know, uh, blackberries, I think, and some gooseberries, and so I made a shrub with those and. It started an, an obsession, and I've been obsessed with them since.
0: Awesome! <laughs> and it
1: says a lot that uh, I mean, uh, Tails is that's one of the biggest conventions for mixologists and for flavor makers, taste makers in the beverage world uh, that in the U.S. Right?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a five day uh, event in New Orleans, um, <clears throat> the second third week of July, uh, and yeah, it, it attracts uh, bartenders. Spirits representatives, distillers, uh, sales reps, PR people, uh, journalists, the general public, uh, and people come in from around the world for it. And if it's, it, it may be the biggest cocktail gathering in the world now, mm-hmm. not just not just in the United States. Uh, it's the place to be if you have a product to sell, if you have a book to promote. If you have a um, uh, a bar that's just opened that you want people to know about, uh, if you're a bartender trying to seek a national reputation, it's the place to be. And uh, for this shrub cocktail to be one of the best things that I tasted during that week was kind of phenomenal to me because I tasted some, I tasted a lot of really good drinks that week. Uh, I, drank, I, 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 I drank a lot. Now. <laughs> no but, doubt. How could you not? <laughs> but 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 I drank. You know, I, I drank some really good cocktails, uh, but the shrub one stood out to me so much. It was the only one that I was like, just itching to get home and make for my life. Awesome. Um, yeah.
0: So let's backtrack. So I did mention that shrubs are basically drinking vendors. So let's go through. I'm actually going to reference. You were on uh, the lovely Linda Palacios show, A Taste of the Past. Where can I find that? Ah, it was episode 183. So you can find it on (laughs) heritageradionetwork.org. So I did want to say you did a great job of talking about. I'm going to reference that show for the history and um, of the origin of the shrub. But what basically is a shrub?
3: A shrub is. Uh, it's called an acidulated beverage, which just means that it's a beverage made with uh, an acid mm-hmm. ingredient. Uh, it and lemonade is an acidulated beverage, the acid being lemon juice. Um, so, acidulated beverages are a common concept to us. People think that drinking vinegar is is unusual or strange, but it's not really. I mean, we've been drinking sour things, bitter things for. All of our existence, really absolutely um, yeah, and so um, so it's it's a it's a beverage today it's made uh, of vinegar uh, historically it was it was originally made with lemon juice uh, or or orange juice. Uh, there are historical reasons why it switched over to being vinegar, some of which I, I talked about on this program mm-hmm. uh, and um, but now they are predominantly made with vinegar. Uh, a fruit or a vegetable of some sort and sugar uh... you can add some spices in there or herbs um, i have recipes in the book that call for rosemary uh, uh, lavender i've got a blueberry lavender shrub that i i love making every year when the blueberries are fresh and the time of the year when you walk to the farmers market walk in and you can smell the lavender and you're like still 50 feet away from the, the farmer's market booth when i smell that that's when i know i need to make blueberry lavender shrub awesome uh,
0: and now yeah. i too am looking forward to making it next week <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: and um so so yeah it's it's a it's a beverage that's made from uh vinegar fruit uh, fruit or vegetables and um and sugar
0: Awesome, And I just want to say, for any naysayers out there, I think I first had a shrub probably 15 to 20 years ago, and I can't remember the purveyor. I think it was either at an herb show or a flower show or something like that. Um, And I was a little skeptical. And and like I said, you know, when enjoying the show, I'm absolutely obsessed with them. But look at the popularity of sour beers, of um, other beverages. I thought it was very interesting because in your book, you actually talk about kind of why... You know, these drinking these uh, acidic beverages like lemonade or shrubs are so beneficial. Um, not only are they very thirst quenching, but you talk a little bit about how it actually stimulates your saliva.
3: Yeah, what happens is that when you're thirsty and uh, and starting to get dehydrated, uh, obviously your mouth is drying out, and you feel parched and you feel run down, tired, and this was exactly what happened to me in New Orleans. I was outside. I was sweating. I was hot. My mouth was dry. I walked in. I got this cocktail, and the vinegar and the the, the lime juice uh, hit receptors in my mouth that caused you know that caused me to salivate, and um, it it made me feel refreshed because the you know the saliva just you know, kind of flooded my mouth with with liquid, and I felt I felt like I was refreshed and no longer dehydrated. Absolutely. So it, and the other the other thing about that is that the flood of saliva in your mouth then triggers your your stomach to 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 uh, expect food,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: and so it stimulates the appetite. It doesn't just you know it wakes up the palate. Uh, it stimulates your appetite, so. Drinks that are a little sour are really good to drink before a meal because uh, it 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 preps your body to expect hey something good is going to come my way you know so a sour beer before dinner is a good thing uh, a cocktail with a bit of acidity to it is a good thing
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, I I tend to I tend to steer away from Really sweet drinks before dinner, or creamy drinks before dinner, because those dull the palate right. and dull the appetite. You know, so uh, so so yeah, the, the, those are the biggest advantages of 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 that. You know, they make you feel fresh and they stimulate your appetite.
0: Awesome. Well, we're going to take a break on that note, and we'll be right back with more about making shrubs, using them, and all kinds of associated.
1: Fun about it. You like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile Beer Cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today. This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Welcome back to Men About It. We're talking to Michael Dietsch uh, about shrubs. So we're gonna get back to the basics of shrub making.
3: Okay.
0: So tell us kinda of the very basics of if somebody is looking to make a shrub at home, what are they what are, what's going on? We just here? talked
1: about just a sugar or a fruit, or what is your your approaches to, to finding the flavors that you want and, and finding the balance of a shrub? What what is the balance of a shrub? Where should it lean, or is it open? Fair play.
3: It's it's the nice thing about shrub making is that it's very versatile. Um, you can go a, dir- a variety of directions with it, depending on your palate, uh, depending on your taste buds, and depending on the ingredients that you're working with. The When I started making shrubs, the basic idea was to go with equal parts fruit, sugar, and vinegar. So, for example, you would start with two cups of, of blackberries, two cups of sugar, and two cups of some kind of some kind of vinegar. Um, <clears throat> we'll talk about the vinegar in a moment, the choice the choice of vinegar. Uh, and so what you do, uh, there, there are a couple of different methods for doing this. The first method that I tried was a method called hot process where you take the berries, you mash them, uh, you can use just a, a, a potato masher or a spoon or something, uh, you mash them in a pot on the stove with uh, sugar and maybe a splash of water. Uh, you turn the stove, stove. You turn the burner on. You let that cook until it forms a cooked syrup. Uh, the fruit juice cooks out, uh, melts in with the sugar, and and everything just sort of blends into a syrup. You let that cool. You strain it off, and then you add your your vinegar. Uh, that's a great way to make shrub. Uh, but then a couple of years after I was making shrub that way, I was introduced to something called the cold process. And the cold process is a little different, although it's very similar. You, you take your, your fruit or berry, you know, your fruit or your berries or whatever, uh, you, you crush them, uh, you put some sugar on them, uh, but instead of cooking them, you, uh, you, cover them with a uh, uh, plastic wrap in a, in a bowl and you either put them in your the refrigerator overnight or you let them sit out on the counter uh, depending on what you're working with and you let the sugar pull the juices out of the fruit so the sugar is macerating the fruit and pulling the juices out and forming uh, a syrup um, Then you uh, you strain that off and add the vinegar stir everything together or, or shake it up. Or whatever. Uh, the advantage of the cold process, to me, is that it produces a brighter tasting shrub. The fruit, uh, the fruit doesn't get cooked, and so it it tastes fresher. It tastes brighter. It tastes newer, uh, even months later. You know, you you know, if if a if a strawberry shrub sits in your refrigerator for six months, it's going to start to lose some of its strawberryness. Right, but it's still gonna it's still gonna taste pretty good, um, you know. But but if you cook a strawberry shrub, it's gonna start to taste less strawberry like after a week or two, um, you know. So I I prefer the cold process method. I know people who still prefer the hot process method, and that's fine. Um, you know, it's w- whatever works for you, and that's the nice thing about shrub making. Um, so I started with an uh, an even ratio. Of, of one part fruit, one part vinegar, one part sugar. And is this by- these days I do uh, I, I do two parts fruit, one sugar, one vinegar. So if I start with two cups of, of berries or peaches or whatever, um, I'll use a cup of sugar and a, and a cup of vinegar. Um, as far as the vinegars go, uh, you can go a number of different directions depending on what you like and what works well with the fruit. Apple cider vinegar tends to be my workhorse these days, although when I started, red wine vinegar was my workhorse, but I decided that that was a little bit too uh, too forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but red wine vinegar works very well with, with jammy fruits uh, like cherries, um, certain berries, plums, um, uh, you know, you, you get those richer, jammier flavors. Uh, red wine vinegar works well with them. Um, you want, if, you, if you've got something lighter, uh, like peaches uh, or apricots, I like a white wine vinegar uh, or champagne vinegar. Um, with things like uh, um, just, I mean, apple cider vinegar will pair with almost anything um, that, that you make uh, a shrub with. Uh, so I have a lot of recipes in the book that, that, call for apple cider vinegar, and that's simply because as I was developing the recipes and testing them, I knew it would work. Right. Um, but then you, but then, you know, uh, then you, but then you can take cues from what people are doing in restaurant kitchens, what chefs are up to. And so there's a strawberry balsamic vinegar, uh, recipe in my book because strawberries and balsamic vinegar work well together. Mm-hmm. Um... A recipe that's not in the book that I um, created and tested um, just a, uh, a couple of months ago is um, uh, uh, I, I made a pineapple and coconut vinegar shrub oh, that, that I that we liked very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you can um, and then you can experiment with herbs uh, like I mentioned the blueberry lavender um, shrub before. You know, you can do thyme, you can do rosemary. Uh, You can do sage. Um, There are all sorts of things you can do. Um, And then you can take shrubs in a more savory direction. I've I've got recipes for tomato shrubs, uh, beet shrubs.
0: Yeah, the golden Uh, beet and coriander shrub, I am dying to try. So I'm going to pick up some golden beets as soon as possible. Maybe Wednesday's uh, Union Square Green Market.
3: Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, uh, the beet and coriander is is. I was quite. I was very pleased with that. I I came up with that. I, and I think my wife and I were talking about it, and she might have suggested it. And I was like, I've got to try that. And then I put it together, and it was very satisfying, very tasty. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there there are all sorts of combinations that you can try. Things that you think will work well together, you know. Um, so it's it's just it's just a matter of experimenting, you know tasting as you go along um, and and just having some fun with it.
0: Now, let's talk about what to do with shrubs. So I um, When I made the, the sh- spiced apple shrub that I made a couple times this winter so far, I've just been enjoying with seltzer, but as I yeah. mentioned in the beginning, you can also make cocktails. You have a great variety of classic cocktails that you make with shrubs as well as some kind of nouveau cocktails and sodas. Um, in your book, and I mean these absolutely sound fantastic. Um, so what you know, people, you can make wonderful cocktails, but you can also just drink them as a non-alcoholic beverage. So what are some of your favorite kind of combinations or favorite things that you like to do?
3: Uh, there, there are a few things. Uh, when we started drinking shrubs, we we drank a lot of them in that summer, uh, in the, the remaining summer months after after I came back. And what we were doing with them then was we were mixing them with vermouth and sherry, um, vermouth or sherry, and having these really light sort of a pair of TV beverages. And those are delicious, just hands down delicious, especially with some of the new, uh, not new, but uh, new to the American market vermouths like uh, Dolan Blanc and, and things like that. Um, uh, shrubs are fantastic with, with vermouth. Um, they're great as a non-alcoholic drink. Uh, the second year that I started making... Sh- you know, the second year, I, I was really into shrubs. Uh, my wife was pregnant, and so she drank a lot of them uh, while while she was pregnant uh, with, with just seltzer water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when I was writing the book, she was pregnant with our second child, and... Uh, so as I was testing, making <coughs> and testing shrubs, she had something to drink while I was uh, trying not to be a jerk by drinking <laughs> bourbon in front of her. Uh, uh, so, uh, but they uh, shrubs work well with a, a variety of 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 um, uh, boozes. Uh, I'm sorry, my my brain went blank there. <laughs> a second. So on the taste, I of- love I, a strawberry shrub with tequila is like one of the most heavenly. Combinations you can come up oh, with. Yeah, it's um, right. tequila and strawberries just have a natural affinity for each other. White tequila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, I have a recipe in the book for a um, a float, an ice cream float. Uh, we uh, we took a little um, we took a little uh, chocolate ice cream and and put a uh, dark cherry shrub on it, and um, we just topped that off with some soda water.
1: When you, were in, fantastic. when you were on the show with uh, for the Taste of the Past, you talked about kind of the history of blending uh, shrubs with, with booze. And the booze back then, particularly the rum and the brandy, were of different quality. So there were different reasons for blending. I mean, basically you were yeah.
0: disguising of, the harshness yeah, of the <laughs> of,
1: alcohol.
3: <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the alcohol back then. Rum was, when shrub was introduced to the West, um, rum was just... an infant and it was it was from all accounts just horrible (laughs) and the only way the only way you could drink it was by masking it with something Uh, you know we were all college students once we know what that's like (laughs) 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 you get you get you get cheap crappy booze and you 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 have to mask it with something so um you know uh so yeah and and today's rums are obviously have uh, a bunch higher quality, but they still pair very well with, with shrub. I, I love uh, I love rum paired with like a cherry shrub or a plum, uh a, a shrub that's already got a fruit that's very rich and hearty and, and, and juicy and 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 uh flavor forward. Um that pairs in really, really well with the dark rum.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds delicious. So oh, I have to God. say, as as fermenter, so Chris and I have we we had we have various projects going <laughs> on. But we had a cider project that we got a little bit lazy about, and we had uh, two and a half gallons of of apple cider turn into apple cider vinegar.
1: Life is what happens mm. when you're busy making other plans.
0: Yes. Well, it turns out to be delicious apple <laughs> yeah. cider vinegar. Um, but I think that's a, that's a very easy thing for people that ferment alcohol to do is to make vinegar. And I'm going to say if you're listening and you're interested in making vinegar, we did talk about it on episode 11. Uh, Popular Science Magazine also has a great article online. I'm going to tweet as soon as we're done with the show um, that will give some guidance to making vinegars. Um, So that's a great I I feel like shrubs, not only are they delicious, but they're also a great way to use a vinegar that you make at home. There are also some very nice um, vinegars on the market. I know Bragg's is an apple cider vinegar that is unfiltered Un I believe it's unpasteurized.
1: You can culture a mother yep. from, a, from a Bragg's uh, right. apple cider vinegar. And
0: thing. oddly enough, uh, I, so I made this shrub for my dad uh, while I was in Atlanta for the holidays. And um, actually, um, Heinz now has an unfiltered apple cider vinegar with the mother in it, which I was yeah, kind of surprised that, about.
3: I, I, I picked that up. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good the the brags the brags is what i use uh, almost all the time yeah. i'm actually fa- i'm actually fascinated by the idea of making vinegar it's not something that i i was able to get around to for the book because i just had so much work to do yes. with the book itself that yeah. I, I i couldn't even be, i couldn't even wrap my head around the concept of having some vinegar, vinegars going. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> we did it by accident. How hard yeah. can it be? <laughs>
0: it isn't, it isn't well, very sounds hard. It's like a happy so, yeah. accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, man, exactly. It's delicious. Exactly. <laughs> yep.
3: Well, it's, it's interesting. It's, I, I don't want to go too long, but it's, it's interesting that you say that because um, winemakers, as, as, you, as you probably know, as, as I'm sure you know, and um, as, as probably most of your listeners now, um, winemakers historically always had to find ways to stop their stuff from turning to vinegar. So, you know, what you're talking about makes perfect sense because it's like, you don't know, get to it in time, boom, it's vinegar.
0: Yeah. Especially if you let, I mean, even as uh, beer makers, I had a sour beer phase going on for a while. So I had a lot of, of beers aging with different kinds of bacteria and Acetobacter, which is the primary um, acidification mechanism in vinegar, uh, is very common even in sour beers. I mean, it loves oxygen. It loves cool temperatures. and um, So a lot of times beers will also go towards that acetic side. And you can absolutely make beer into vinegar as well. I don't know. I think... I feel like homemade beer vinegar, uh, I guess it's malt vinegar, would actually work well in beverages as well. I don't necessarily know that the commercial malt vinegar, but I suspect home malt vinegar is a a different story. I will say I just picked up a book called Sustainable Home Brewing by Amelia um, Slayton Loftus. And she has a really good section in there about making vinegar from your kind of failed batches of beer. So I would just give a plug for that. That's actually uh, on sale on get a Kindle version for only $1.99 right now. So it's called Sustainable Home Brewing. Uh, I haven't made some any malt vinegar, but I would like to do that this, this winter as well.
3: I, I came across a uh, – I, I never got a chance to track the person down or, or interview him, but I came across a, uh, a mention somewhere of a chef whose name I'm forgetting, location I'm forgetting – uh, who was doing some shrubs with some uh, homemade or housemade uh, beer vinegars mm-hmm. and i was I was fascinated by that, but again, I, like you said, I didn't feel like malt vinegar was going to work or commercial malt vinegar was going to work for it, and um, i it was just not something I was able to um, that I was going to be able to replicate at home very easily. And so it was It was a rabbit hole that I just chose not to go down because I knew that it would like lead in a very different direction and, and distract me from the book. But uh, I was, that, that sounded fascinating to me. And, and if, if any of your listeners are, are, are experimenting with it, uh, I would love to have them get in touch with me and, 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 and let me know.
1: How do they get in touch with you, Michael?
3: Uh, a dash of bitters, all one word at gmail.com uh or i'm on twitter at at uh d-i-e-t-s-c-h um so those are probably the two best ways
0: so do you have a shrub now that is kind of your like go-to shrub that that you make more often or you know you kind of fall back on
3: um that's that's a hard question i i haven't made any i think the last thing i made was the um the, the pineapple uh, uh, coconut vinegar mm-hmm. shrub and it's because I had some pineapple left over from another uh, writing project that I had done and um, I had a lot of it so <laughs> it was like I don't want to throw it away because I spend a lot of money on it right. uh, buying pineapple in New York City in October <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you know so I you know um, <clears throat> the the thing that I um The thing that amazed me, I was doing some promotions on the book uh, in Boston and and Providence in early October, and um, I wanted to demonstrate how easy it was to make shrub. And I went to... uh, uh, For one signing, I I had some pre-made shrubs already there, and that was what I used. Um, And then I completely spaced on um, getting... Shrub for the next signing, so I was forced to use shrub that I was making from scratch right in front of people uh, for the for the drinks that we were serving. Uh, so I went to a grocery store and I got uh, some some out of season blueberries and some turbinado sugar and um, uh, some some cider vinegar and. I stood in front of people with rubber gloves on with a bowl in front of me and just squeezed these blueberries into the bowl and just hit them with sugar and stirred them with my fingers. And I had a good tasting shrub in about five minutes.
0: That's awesome.
3: And um, and so, I mean, I don't know if it's my go-to shrub, but it's such an easy thing to do that people could like literally go to the grocery store, come home and have shrub within 15 minutes of starting um and 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 just put it into a glass with some seltzer, uh so you know that would be my gateway shrub to recommend to people would be to just buy whatever berries you can find, even if it's out of season, and just have fun with it, you know
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, because berries berries put off juice so easily um blueberries, raspberries uh blackberries all of those just will just let off their juices so easily. Um, just you know, all you have to do is crush them by hand and stir the sugar in there. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, so. and I always feel like at the end, you know, kind of we we sometimes go a little bit crazy at the grocery store or the or the green market when things are in season, and then I ha- end up having to freeze, you know, those last little bits of berry. I just kind of put them yeah. all in a freezer bag and keep adding. And I think shrubs would <laughs> be perfect for those that frozen fruit fruit that you have as well in the freezer
3: that's yeah yeah they would uh yeah you can certainly easily make shrubs out of with frozen fruit yep. uh, you know even for for heaven's sake you could you could get some frozen fruit from you know bird's eye or whatever and and just let them let it thaw and make a shrub out of that Yep,
0: cool well thank you so much uh michael Deach, author of shrubs an old-fashioned drink for modern times i i'm going to tell you that uh, if you are interested in making shrubs or you get into it, this book is absolutely fantastic. I did buy the Kindle version so I can have it in my pocket so that it will... I always find, you know, these books are... I mean, this book is really inspiring. Um, first of all, your, the history and kind of the the tale of the shrub and how it has evolved over the time. It, it is a very kind of twisty tale, an mm-hmm. interesting tale. But you have so many really good recipes. I'm not any, I'm not any kind of cocktail expert. I, home, I can homebrew and... And make short meads, but cocktails are definitely my weak point. But I feel pretty confident with this book in my pocket. So (laughs) thank you um, very much. Yeah, no, I I really think it's a wonderful book, and and I am super excited about making a lot more shrubs in 2015.
1: Thanks Thanks for making life taste better.
0: Yeah, thank (laughs) you so much Uh, for all of you. Please ferment on, and we will be back next Monday at 7 p.m. on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Ferment about it. The Men About It's theme song has been provided by Chris
3: Kuzme. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org.
0: You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 non-profit.
2: To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.